Hey you guys, happy Sunday and we're back again. Um, this time around we're going to be finishing off the New Age Practices Doesn't Equate Christ and Christianity episode. So this is part two. Thank you for joining in, thank you for listening, and thank you for being an active listener and supporter. Um, you already know the vibes, first things in form. First things first, we're going to go ahead and bow our head in prayer. All right, so just bow your head, close your eyes, and be reverent to God. Be in reverence with God. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for this very moment that we're in. I thank you for this opportunity that I have to put out your word and bring enlightenment onto the listeners, Lord. I pray that you unharden the hearts of those listening, God. And I pray that whoever they share this with, you unharden their hearts as well, Father. And you come in and you do a transformation that only you are able to do and only you will ever be able to get the glory for. Father God Almighty, thank you. And may your work be done. Amen. All right, you guys. So in the last episode, you know, I had touched on how astrology isn't part of Christianity. And also in the description, I gave the, I gave the verses of Matthew 6.24 and Luke 6.13, which states that, you know, we cannot serve God and man or mammon. Um, wow. I don't know if it's mammon, but I think that's like, anyways, I'm going to be quiet about that. I'm not going to speak on what I don't know or what I don't understand. Anyways, so, and first of all, Matthew 6, 24 and Luke 6, 13 are from the New Testament. So I'm about to take y'all into a dive back into the Old Testament. And so you can get it like God is serious about this right okay now in deuteronomy 4 15 this is the part where um moses goes up to the burning bush and he's receiving the word from god the ten commandments right and when he comes back down um you know it says that they that there was no image shown there was no image so that the people this is from verses 4 15 16 and i'll get into 19 in a little bit and 17 as well 4 5 deuteronomy 4 15 through 17 saw no image as to make no image in any likeness uh not as the likeness of male female not any creation on earth like not any creation of god that's why there was no image and it was simply the burning bush like they couldn't they couldn't attribute it to anything. They couldn't be like, oh, yes, it was definitely man. Or no, this word definitely came from, you know, a bird flying up in there. Da, da, da. None of that. And because God was not going to have that. He was not going to have them out here doing what they did end up doing or what they did do, which was the golden cow, the golden calf. Right. OK, so now here we are. We're talking about the images of man or in the likeness of man, woman, beast, thing, whatever. Um, think about how they have they have these different gods and goddesses in like the Greek culture and in African culture 
and you know other cultures as well like their representations right and all these representations are simply humans that god had divinely blessed you feel me and i don't know if they were serving the devil as well that's not i don't know about all of that but if i were to look upon these gods and goddesses and i say that with air quotations around them because i don't really believe and i also small g because it's not for real right i can see these people i can see them as people that god handpicked to be leaders and examples right for 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 people just like he had prophets and we had jesus yeah that type of thing you feel me like after jesus like people that he blessed with the holy spirit and the ability and the power the divine power that he has now touching on astrology in astrology people in astrology people tend to look at the sun the stars the moon heaven you know and all of that because these are quote-unquote divine elements a part of creation but god says in his word in deuteronomy 4 19 right god says hold on i'm gonna take you on this trip with me and if you're reading using the amplified version um Wow, mercy. It says, and beware that you do not raise your eyes towards heaven and see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the hosts of heaven, and let yourself be led astray and worship them and serve them. Mere created bodies, which the Lord our God allotted to serve and benefit us, his people, and every all his creation under the whole of heaven. You guys, you don't, we don't see or hear of the birds in the sky right worshiping the sun the ants like worshiping it, it makes no sense it doesn't add up so with that you know that's all i have to say on that and now i'm gonna take you to deuteronomy 4 24 right in Deuteronomy 4.24, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire. He is a jealous God. And in parentheses, they put demanding what is rightfully and uniquely his. You guys, we are created in his image, right? We're created in his image. And from the beginning of time, he created Adam from dust. And he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, his breath, his spirit into the nostrils of this into the nostrils of this you know sculpture at this point adam is basically a sculpture before the breath of life is put in him and it makes sense that god is rightfully jealous and he wants us because at the end of the day the devil's plan right is to take as many souls as he can with him down to hell like where punishment is gonna be because he hasn't even been there yet but you know we do understand how bad and terrible it will be and how terrible it is because it does exist so now here we are and 
God is just like, dang, every time we fall, God is just like, dang, like, I really hope they do get to understand and see that, you know, we belong to him because we're literally made in his image. And since we're made in the image of God, right, the devil will literally do anything and everything he can to tempt us and cause us to fall. Mind you, when Jesus was in the wilderness doing his fast for 40 days and 40 nights, at the end, I believe they in the Bible it says at the end of his fast, he was tempted and the devil was like, oh, if you're the son of God, you know, go ahead and turn that stone into bread. And he was just like, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You feel me? Because whether he likes to admit it or not, Satan has no dominion and he still has to take permission from God. Regardless of everything, all the chaos and havoc he's causing. So just putting that out there. Anywho. Wow, thank God. So then it goes on to say, right, after that, and it tells us that if we corrupt ourselves by making carved or sculpted images in the form of anything for the purpose of worship and do evil in the sight of God, it will provoke him to anger. And, you know, he calls heaven and earth as witnesses against us. And we will soon perish from the land. Now, mind you, this is back when they're being saved and released from the captivity of Egypt, right? And they're in the wilderness and they're supposed to be crossing over and going to the land, crossing over the Jordan to possess the land that God has, you know, created and desired for them to have. But then... It also says that if we do go ahead and serve these things and worship these things, that we will be that they will be dispersed and scattered amongst the pagan nation. Pagans are unbelievers, non-believers, and they are the ones who we do know for a fact worship other gods besides the one true God. And with that in mind, right? With that in mind, Deuteronomy Deuteronomy four twenty nine says. Seek God with all your heart and you will find him. Meaning if you, the day we decide to turn from, you know, doing evil on earth and chaos, all all these things that are unrighteous and cause God to feel some type of way, to cause God to anger, to feel hurt, mercy, and all of that, you know, the day we decide to turn, he will be there. Like, he's right there. He's not going. He's just giving us. Um, y'all, this is what you call God's grace. Because Deuteronomy 431 says, it states that God is merciful, compassionate, and he will not fail. He will not destroy us. And he will not forget the covenant which he swore to our fathers, our forefathers, our father's fathers, and everything else. Right? Now, if we revert back, Deuteronomy 4.24 says, God is rightfully jealous. And in Deuteronomy 4.31, we're also brought to understand that he is a merciful, compassionate God that doesn't fail and he does not destroy nor forget his promises, which are yes and amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God.
And with that being said, you guys, wow, mercy. I just wanted to bring the new age, the, everything concerning new age, everything under new age, and how much it does not relate to Christ nor his kingdom. Because at the end of the day, God's grace is something so powerful. And unfortunately, the devil has found a way to form a misconception from the misconception that we now have of God's grace. See, a lot of people, a lot of us, we tend to view God's grace as permission to sin. But that's not what it is. Um, wow, mercy. Thank you, God. See, a while back, I came to this understanding as well, like actually understanding it, right? Because at the end of the day, from the moment we are born, we're already dealing with sin. We're already dealing with sin from the environment that we're born into and everything else. Literally just being born into this world means that we have to deal with sin. And from the time that Adam and Eve fell into the trap that the devil had set, you know, it caused us to lose our ability to have self-control. Not self-control in whatever sense that the devil is going to have y'all twisted into. No. But, I mean, when it comes to overpowering and overcoming the tricks of the devil, it takes one to have a real understanding. Like, yes, it may take a while before we really get it, but it takes prayer and it takes communing with God daily or, you know, as much as we can, as as much as we can with our personal walk with him. Because I know personally, like, before I came to this understanding, it took worship music, it took verses, it took sermons, it took real life experiences, right? Because uh, unless your eyes are opened to what you're doing daily you're probably not thinking that you're sinning and even when you do come to accept that the things that you do are considered sin you know you either continue because in your mind you're just like amen god didn't die on the cross for me to not be able to do this so you go ahead and do it no 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 jesus died so that we would be forgiven and saved and god's grace is not permission to sin because when you really think about it, it goes like this, right? Let me use my, a lot of, <laughs> excuse me. A lot of people do not believe that marijuana can be an addiction. But I stand here today to tell you that it is something so very possible. And I have been struggling with it. And I say this in the past tense because I do believe in deliverance and redemption right and i know that god is more powerful god is greater than my dependency my addiction of anything and my attachment to anything right wow mercy so check this as i'm on my recovery journey right because at first i have okay let me just go ahead and put this i have a medical card right my medical marijuana card permits me to legally smoke because in the state that I reside, it's not lawfully permitted, not just recreationally, right? Hence the term medical. So now the requirements at the time that I got my card 
were chronic anxiety, um, PTSD, and chronic pain, right? And looking at my situations at the time, I fit the criteria like a glove. Like, it was a fitted glove, a glove made for me. You feel me? And this was because previously I was just getting out of a very, very toxic and abusive relationship, praise God. And with that, during that time period, my anxiety had heightened, you know, um, also a couple years prior, before that, I had knee surgery done and I was having some pain in my knee every year and then it was displaced pain. But nonetheless, I was still having pain and that fit the criteria. Praise God. So here I was at the medical doc, at the marijuana doctor's office, getting my prescription filled out so I could go to the dispensary and you know, collect my medicine. Um, at this point in time, I was using it moderately, but also risky, in a risky way. It was moderate and risky use. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. You know, I'm heavy into it. I'm literally going to sleep because I'm literally going to sleep because it's weed induced i'm waking up from these hour long from these not hour long but like hours i'm talking hours i'd sleep for hours and i call them weed comas i'm waking up from these weed comas and i'm rolling up another one and i'm going to go smoke simply because i could not deal i refused i did not deal and you feel me like i felt as though i was doing something because i still was reading my word. I was. I still was reading the word of God. I was still doing my my daily devotion. I was still listening to gospel and everything else. Right. So here we have the double mindedness in this situation. At not at any point did I look at weed and be like, "Oh my goodness, you're my God." No, ma'am. No, sir. I definitely didn't do that. But what I did do was have it take priority over these things that. I was doing to be in communion with God, right? So let's say I'm smoking before I read the Bible. I'm smoking while I'm doing my devotion. I'm smoking as I'm listening to these songs and everything else that goes with it. When I started in recovery, right? When I looked at myself and I said, I don't want this for myself anymore. I'm ready to not be so dependent on a substance on any substance because looking at my journey my dependency started with a person and then like it it, it went into substances and with that you know I was just like God I need you to take all of this away from me everything and it started to feel like a thorn in my side and I, it felt like I literally could not just get rid of it. And mind you, because we are born into a world of sin, you literally cannot get rid of sin. But guess what you can do? You can shun it, right? So, and I'm going to get us to that in a minute. So here I am. Um, 
I told you guys I got arrested three times last year and I ended up catching a DUI, right? And because of my DUI, I ended up being put on probation. And one of the terms of my probation turned out to be that I had to attend treatment. So this treatment became the main starting point of my recovery because I've already tried it by myself to, you know, do away with my addiction. And every time I would relapse, every time I would fall back into the cycle of using, even if I was using less than I was using before, nonetheless, though, I was still using. And my whole thing was, I do not want to use. I did not want to use. I want to live a life free of substance use and abuse. Simple as that point blank, period. Uh, use and abuse in all senses, substances, people, everything. I do not want that in my life or for me or around me. So I started this treatment and yes, I am in this treatment because I have a DUI, which is driving under the influence. And I was under the influence of alcohol at the time. And glory be to God that, you know, I didn't die because the day that I got arrested for that DUI, I had a car accident. I literally, wow, mercy. It was one of those, I don't know if you know one of those um, skinny, like, display trees, but it's usually in people's front yard for displays, right? And yes, it's an actual tree, but it's not like a big tree, a growing tree type thing. Lord have mercy. That was the only thing that stopped me from crashing into the house that was right there, mercy. Because I was trying to avoid somebody going, right? And in my bid to avoid them, I swerved and boom, I hit the tree. And that was the only obstruction that kept me from crashing into the house of the people. And there were children outside, you know, the airbag went off in glory, hallelujah. Like, I'm just so grateful because it could have been worse, but it wasn't in God's grace. Anyways, now I'm in treatment for substance abuse or whatever, and I'm, I'm, and I'm in recovery, active recovery. Now... Keep in mind that I did relapse a few times, right? And the times I did relapse, the story is, it's not wild, but when I tell you, and if you are listening, and as you listen, you will start to see. And I pray that the Lord opens your eyes and your ears that you may see and understand what I am trying to put out, what I am putting out right now. Now, When I started, our counselor, she said, let's say you were smoking like 15 blunts a day. The goal is not to get you to stop smoking right there and then, right? The goal is to get you to at least reduce it and finally get to a point where you no longer have to use these substances and you're no longer using these substances. So we're going from smoking... 15 blunts a day to smoking seven and we're going from smoking blunts joints both we're going from smoking seven a day to 
three. And then we go from three to one. And from one to none. By the glory of God. Hallelujah. Now, I was in a stage in my journey where I wasn't smoking 15 a day, which I did do at one point. And, mm, holy God. And um, from there, I went ahead and slowly but surely, the amount that I was doing was reducing. Hold on. That's the devil. Hold on. Okay, so I had to move because, I mean, I was by the pool. And, you know, granted, the devil will do anything to cause a distraction. I'm not talking about the individual. I'm talking about the ways of the devil. Because when I left the pool, I was told I could sit inside in the breakfast room. So I went in there and, you know, there's a lady having a phone call. And I couldn't sit there either because, you know, I'm re- I respect people's privacy. And now I walked somewhere. It's like a spot. Nonetheless, though, it is by the road. So you will hear a lot of humming and vehicles passing by. Glory be to God. But what it will not do is stop this word from coming out. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So now back to the word. The amount that I was using began to dwindle. And it got to a point where I stopped going out of my way to search it out. Right. I stopped going out of my way because I didn't really when it comes. You don't really have to look when it comes to sin. You feel me? You just could take a nap. And when you wake up, it's going to be right there. I'm telling you, it's crazy the way it works in the environment that you're sitting in so um wow mercy thank you god so anyways i got to a point where i stopped seeking it out i stopped you know going out of my way to obtain it meaning i stopped going to the dispensary i stopped hitting up my peas i you know i stopped hanging i cut out everybody in my life that does it currently pat like within the time that i've been in recovery i've cut out everybody in my life that is in connection with the substances that i don't want in my life and granted i don't want any kind of substances in my life regardless of the ones that i have used and have not used like i don't want any of it and Wow, recovery is baby steps, you guys. And I'm not in a state, I'm not at the stage where I can be around these things and not use, especially when I'm around these things like hanging out with friends who do it, you know, or whatever. Anybody that I have in my life doing it, I haven't reached the stage where I wouldn't succumb, where I wouldn't give in. You feel me? And it's just what it is. It's a process. And lo and behold, by the grace of God, I'm getting there. And I will be there. It is what is happening. Simple as that. Anyways, so now, grace, right? We're talking about grace. So now that I've 
seen how the consistent and constant use has affected my routine and my relationship with God, right? I've taken to taking a step back because as far as I'm concerned, I'm prioritizing God over everything, right? And that's just what it is. But when I did use, I was met with, you know, irrational thoughts, ungodly irrational thoughts. And I was, it was just really weird because for some reason using aided my anxiety and heightened my anxiety based on where I was, who I was with, and everything else. Like, all these things played a part into it, right? Anyways, wow, mercy. So then after, oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I'm, wow, mercy, 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 mercy. I'm a little bit distracted right now because I don't, entirely feel comfortable and God is good like my leg is going 3,000 miles per hour right now (laughs) and that's okay it's all right because at the end of the day you know it's important that we do what it is that God calls us to do because we don't know whose life we're impacting and who we're helping out here because I promise you like we deserve that life with Christ we deserve that wholesomeness that peace that surpasses all understanding and that unconditional love that we seek in these things and in people and in jobs and in everything else on this planet in this world besides the creator of this world does that am I getting you like are you are you are you grasping what I'm tossing are you catching what I'm tossing are you getting this alley you <laughs> Wow, glory, hallelujah. So anyways, like I said, I did relapse a few times and I got to a stage where I stopped seeking it out. Now, within the time period that, you know, I stopped seeking it out, I was having, I'd been having issues at home, right? And it got to the point where my sobriety journey has shaken up the household to the point that I'm in right now. I don't have a roof over my head. Now, mind you, I grew up in with stability. Like, I've, I've never had to worry about if I had a place to sleep or what I'd eat because it had always been provided for me. And, wow, glory, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Because, like, our parents, right, are just mere images of... Wow, 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 wow. Of the guidance and attributes of God. And mind you, there are shepherds, right? So, and what is the job of the shepherd? To look over and after the flock and make sure that they're all right. Everything, every, everyone's accounted for. Everything's accounted for. This, that, and the third. In the Bible, it says, train up a child in the way that train up a child in the way that he should go and he would never depart from it i believe that's what it says and i just i just can't get enough right so now here i am um my mother and i are constantly going at it and because of everything i've i'd already been through i've you know i wasn't able to deal with 
the consistent back and forth. I do not like confrontation. Honestly, I really despise it. But if you come to me and when you come to me with confrontation, I will not just be subdued. You feel me? I'm not just going to sit there. But glory be to God that I he has been working in me and on me to a point that I can simply just sit and let the other person continue on. Praise God. Because at the end of the day, it's I'm, and when I say the other person, I really mean people that are close to my heart, that are close to me in my life, that I've had that I've had attachments to, that I had been holding on to to stand the third. Family ties are real, right? And it's just like, here's the kicker about it. My mother knows and she knew, if not everything I had been through, a good amount of it, more than most people. And there were times that she would toss it in my face. And I'm just looking like, at first I'm gonna laugh it off because if it comes to laughing or crying about something, I'm gonna choose to laugh about it because at the end of the day, you know, I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with crying, but I just felt like I had gotten tired of shedding tears over these things, over the emotional pain that I had to keep, you know, facing every time. And it's, it was just, it was too much for me. Anyways, um, push came to shove and she persisted that I move out. And I said, okay, no problem. I took my cat that I had at the time and um, I took the things that I felt that I really needed and glory be to God, I left. I left. Now, here's where the relapses come in, right? I've chosen to abstain from these things because I felt as though it was affecting my relationship with Christ and I would rather very much have him and only him over anything and anyone simply put that's just my that's just my take and that is the hill I'm going to die on you feel me that's the hill I am dying on and wow with God in mind and on my heart through this through this journey through this time that I have been without you know, that I've been hotel hopping and with everything that's been going on, it was this one time I went over to um, braid. I was braiding somebody's hair and, you know, in their household, like, there were the things, the, the, the substances I struggled with were present. And um, and as I wow mercy hallelujah Jesus. Anyways, the substances that I struggled with were present, and at the end of the night, by the time I was done, you know, I gave in. After I was done, I gave in, and furthermore, when I another time I had gone over to another place and you know they let me crash on their couch thank god and during the hours that i was there for you know i indulged and 
at first it was only a little bit and then until until I believe it was later that night it was a little bit of a joint left right it wasn't even like a quarter it was a lot less than that and I went ahead and I inhaled that now what happened after that was bizarre like I was gone I was zooted and in that moment I didn't care that I just ended my sobriety in that moment I was just happy because as far as I was concerned I needed that right because of the events that have been going on I literally had to give my cat back to the shelter and when I went to give her back you know I was told that I couldn't get any information even if they were to luthanize her it is what it is I wouldn't know and I understand in the case of like her getting readopted me not knowing to stand the third I was fine but we're talking you gonna put her down because I like lord what they're gonna put her down. I was I was I was I was I felt like I was distraught but then I also had to remember now all this I picked up after you know I started getting sober again um so then anyways excuse me y'all so anyways after that you know I received a call wow mercy mind you I'm the program that I'm in right it's a group recovery and glory be to god there will be more additions to this small group that i was in and a thing that i suggested was that we exchange numbers and be each other's accountability partners in the sense that if we were to be triggered to use you know we can call one another right now i didn't feel as though i was being triggered i just felt like i needed it especially because i understood what i was doing i was trying to numb i didn't want to feel everything that i was feeling from dealing with this whole situation to giving my cat to the situation of giving my cat away and still continuing now mind you like you know these hotels they charge you they don't just charge you a one-time fee for pets right i mean some do but not the ones that i had come across and you know the place that i was able to spend a night in glory be to god like they didn't allow cats so at that point it was just like yeah you have to do something and i couldn't leave her with the people's place that i was at because she was not getting along with the other cats this girl got used to being the only cat the only pet you feel me and trust me my girl was spoiled like she was spoiled so with that being said she was very territorial and would hiss and at these cats and like you know when they would let the dogs out she's she's pawing at them like real life and i was just looking at this like oh my goodness i can't leave you here because i don't know what's gonna happen like you can't just take an animal a pet into a situation where there's other pets or into a place where there's other pets and instantly expect them to be friendly you have to warm them up to them and those were on the guidelines that i had received when i first adopted her
anyways, after that, praise God, um, I used and I received the call. I had received the call from one of our group members and he was chatting to me. And as he was chatting to me, right, I was responding. And then he just goes, you sound high. And I was like, what? I do? He was like, yeah, like, you sound like you're gone. You sound high. And I was like, and I just started laughing. I couldn't even hold Why was I laughing? Like, I couldn't even. And you know, one thing about being inebriated is, especially if it's a marijuana high, like, everything is funny and this is usually for the first time users like a lot of things are funny if not everything is funny so after being sober and abstinent for so long when i did use it felt like my first time not entirely but very very close to the first time because here i was with this person on the phone and them asking me why and i'm just geeked and i'm geeking i'm going i'm glory be to god and then you know he was like so what happened and i divulged that i had to give away my cat and he was just like oh it must have been very triggering in that moment you guys i was just like all i said was i mean it is what it is she's just a cat knowing deep down in my heart that i had formed an attachment with this animal praise god and god most likely took that away because there were times there were prayer times and other times that I'd just be trying to commune with God and, you know, my attention is being taken away by my cat. And God's just like, now nah, we need to get you into a more stable space. We need you to be more concrete and more focused. And who oh, glory be to God, glory be to God, glory be to God, glory be to God, glory be to God. Mm, thank you, Jesus. And you after this you know after this day i left and i was just like okay that's done but every time that i did now mind you the day that i was braiding and i said i succumbed after i was done i kid you not i went back to my home and i bursted out crying i was i felt like i was in shambles because I felt like I had just given up on everything. I felt like I was in shambles and I was crying to God and crying out to God. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I've done this. And I started to condemn myself. But then this is where God's grace comes in. Because when you fall, he's right there. And he and he was just like, babes, it's really not that deep. Like, because I know that you want to continue on this path of sobriety. So this one fall is nothing. It's literally nothing. And, you know, I felt relieved. The next time, I didn't cry about it, but I did go to God. And, you know, that was it. And then the third time that it happened, right, I was, it was after our treatment program. And one of the members, like, at this point, everybody in the treatment that does marijuana has a card for it, right? Besides me, I'm the only person that's looking to not have use of their card, which to some of you might sound like a waste of money, dumb idea, da da da. But for me, I needed that. For my journey and my recovery and my relationship, I needed that. Because 
it was to a point where I can literally go for hours without speak. If I was in a relationship, like I'd be gone for hours. Not even in the sense that I'm doing anything. I'm just smoking, enjoying my time with myself, and I don't want any disturbance. How can you look at your significant other or see a message from music and feel like I'm not trying to do this right now? And nothing has happened. Like, it's a great time. Y'all are good. You feel me? That's exactly why I decided I'm good. Because if I'm supposed to connect that to my relationship with God, that means that when God is calling me and when he's urging me and asking me to do something, I'm just like, God, nah, I'm not trying to do it. I'm not trying to do this right now. I'm not trying to do this right now. And I go ahead and, you know, I'm continuing with myself by myself. Glory be to God. And yes, it says God will never leave nor forsake us. But that doesn't mean that we don't walk away from God. Do you understand? It doesn't mean that we don't walk away from God and we don't turn our backs. It just means that he is waiting for us to turn back around and be like, hey, hey, God, I'm here. What do you need me for? What do I have to do? What do you what are you what are you what are you asking of me? Because at the end of the day, he's there for us all the time. We just have to turn around and seek him. Right. Go in our word. Seek him. Praise God. And after that, thank you, Jesus. It was after our treatment program. And one of the members, you know, he has his medicine with him. And at first, when it was offered, I said no, right? And then a couple hours later, I was offered again. And this time, I just shrugged it off and I went ahead. The the days following that, when I went when I, you know, went back to treatment because I'm, I have to go to treatment every day. For, at first, I was attending treatment five days a week. And glory be to God, now we're at three days a week. Thank you, Jesus. Nonetheless, though, I still show up five days a week. Praise God. Because I'm giving no room for the devil and his tactics. You feel me? Especially now that I know and God has been opening my eyes and thank you jesus lord god almighty for the wisdom because without you and without it i don't know i don't i don't know where i'd be i do not know where i'd be without god i don't know and i'm not even ready to start to think about that praise god so now i shrugged it off and i went ahead and i gave in and when i showed up in treatment the next day you know i stayed you know reset back to one praise god and the next day I had to, but here's the thing. Before I left for break, our counselor, she was like, hey, what's been going on? Like, you went from, you know, X amount to this amount of weeks to this amount of days. Like, what's been going on? And I told her, I said, I kept it a buck. I said, ma'am, in all honesty, I... I've been using, but not in the way that I used to use. Like, in the, I've been using in the sense that when I am around it, right, I give in. I give in. I'm able to, I may be able to say no the first time, but then I end up giving in nonetheless, right? And that's when I started looking into impulsive use and compulsive use. And I looked at my journey and I was just grateful because I went from impulsive use 
to compulsive use and compulsively using is when you still do it against your own will right and this is one of the this is one of the things that happen being born into sin because at the end of the day i don't want to do this but i still ended up doing it right i know i don't want to do this like i know for a fact this is not what i want but i still end up giving into it and i still end up doing it but here's the thing god always has the victory now i could have looked at that situation and been like okay since I've been using and at one point I did I really looked at the t- amount the times that I used and I was like man it doesn't even matter I should just keep using right it doesn't matter I have my medical card so at the end of the day it didn't matter I could just go ahead and keep using but not for me no ma'am mm-mm, that's not it that's not the way for me I can't do that right praise God wow mercy so after that After that, I said, I'm going to resist. Every time, regardless of who it is, I will resist. Regardless of what I have going on, I will resist. Because at the end of the day, if you resist temptation, the devil will flee. And that's all he can do. Because the devil's tricks are the same every time. And sometimes you may peep and you may trip. But you will not fall because God is there and he will carry you on. He will carry you. Ah, Jesus. Ah, thank you, God. And with that being said, you guys, I bring this to a close. And I just want us to close out with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Jesus, I thank you for me to be able to put this word out. Whether it's unmastered or remastered, Lord, nonetheless, God, I pray that the message that you have in this word, in this episode for the listeners, Lord, that they receive it, Lord, they receive it and they don't feel any ways about it, but they take it to you, God Almighty, and you you, and you disclose it unto them, Father Lord. Reveal unto them, Lord. Open their eyes and their ears, Lord. And open up their hearts to receive without anger, without contentment, without resentment within their heart, mind, spirits, and souls. Amen, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, God. Y'all have a blessed Sunday. Stay safe.